BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast. Soul on Fire. I am coming at you today from the middle of the jungle in Ubud, the monkey forest, healing town of Bali. If you've ever been to Bali, then you know the magic that this little healing oasis holds. And if you have not, I'm going to tell you all about it today so you don't have to worry even for a second that you won't know what I'm talking about because I'm going to paint the picture. I just wanted to record this episode today to update you guys on my trip and everything that I have experienced and felt since I've been here different things that I have manifested and called into my life and different things that I've let go of and released. So before we get into this, I just want us all to take a couple of deep breaths together. So this is a different way than I've ever started my podcast before. And it's kind of fitting because I've never recorded a podcast in the jungle. And I wish I was doing this outside right now so that you guys could hear all of the sounds of the jungle. But I'm at a hotel and there's a part of me that just thinks people would come up to me and ask questions and it would be distracting. So I'm inside. But nevertheless, just imagine yourself surrounded by a lush green jungle with all of the jungly noises. And we're just going to take a couple of collective deep breaths. So wherever you are in the world, unless you're driving, just do me a favor and close your eyes for a brief couple of seconds. And if you're driving, you can still breathe with us. Just keep your eyes open. Unless you're at a red light and you feel like walking on the wild side. So go ahead and close those eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose. Hold it at the top. Sip in a little more air. And audible exhale. Let it go. Okay, let's do that one more time. Take one deep inhale through the nose. 
Hold it at the top and sip in a little more air. Audible exhale. Empty out those lungs. And just notice how you feel. I don't know about you. I don't know how your day has been, what you've been doing, if you just woke up or if you've already accomplished a ton of things and run around town all day. But taking those deep breaths can really just get us back into our bodies, becoming aware of our breath again and opening up our hearts to receive a little bit more love today and also to release anything negative that is not any longer serving our highest purpose. And if breath work is not your thing, don't worry. This is not a breath work episode. We'll have to have the amazing Ashley Neese back on the podcast for another breath work episode at some point. But today is all about Bali going on a solo journey, traveling alone in a different country as a woman, how I made this trip happen, what I've experienced since I've been here, answering some of the questions that you guys have asked me, answering some questions about eczema and skin. Because before I came on this trip, you guys know that I was covered in head-to-toe rashes and horrible eczema and hives. So we will get into all of that juicy stuff. But before we do, I wanted to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Hum Nutrition. I'm actually staring at the Hum Nutrition bottles that I brought with me, the different supplements that I have here. I brought with me the Beauty Z, which I take for sleep, and the Gut Instinct, which is, of course, all about the gut probiotics because so many things come back to our gut, including a lot of the skin issues that I've had and various other health issues, including... I believe, my insomnia. So treating the gut is incredibly important. And those are my two favorite supplements at the moment. They're the ones that I chose to bring with me on this trip. And I packed really, really lightly for me. So that is saying a lot that I went ahead and brought these supplements with me to Bali. So Hum Nutrition is an all-natural line of supplements, and they are all sustainably sourced, non-GMO, free of soy, gluten, artificial colors, and preservatives. And many of them are organic and vegan. So I'm all about Hum Nutrition for so many reasons, particularly because I believe that all of the issues that we experience on the outside, whether it comes to skin or brittle nails or thin hair or bags under our eyes, so many different things, even feeling completely lethargic and exhausted, which was one of my huge problems before I came on this trip. And of course, still a problem that I'm working through because things don't just change overnight. All of those problems can be addressed by going within. So I love Hum Nutrition 
because I feel like they're kind of changing the beauty category, which is really exciting because I've never been somebody who's been into makeup or a lot of outer appearance type of things, which I don't say to sound cool or anything because I never thought that that was cool. I always wished that I was more interested in that kind of stuff, but I have been so interested in wellness for over a decade. So it's really, really cool for me to see the beauty category merging in a way with the wellness category. And I think that Hum Nutrition is one of the huge leaders in that space. So all of their different supplements are beauty-based because they'll give you clearer skin, brighter skin. Um, A lot of them are cleanse-oriented, anti-aging, detoxifying, so many awesome things but it all really starts from within. So Hum Nutrition is all about that inside out beauty. It's also quick and convenient. You can shop their site really easily and you can get a lot of vital beauty nutrients that we simply cannot access in food. So you can find them online at humnutrition.com and you can use the special code SOUL20 as in Soul on Fire, S-O-U-L 20 at checkout to get 20% off of your first order. So like I said, my favorites are the Beauty Z and the Gut Instinct, but there's so many good ones. Check them out. You guys will absolutely love them. And without further ado, let's kind of just jump into this episode. So I'm really excited to be recording a solo episode. It's kind of been a while since I've done that. And partially that's because I had just about zero energy whatsoever in my body before I left for Bali. And I mean, I felt like I had zero energy from about December up until up until now. And that's really crazy because when this episode comes out, it will be May. And at the point where I'm recording, it's the last couple of days of April. And that freaks me out that a young, healthy person such as myself could just be completely lethargic, lacking energy, lacking inspiration, lacking motivation for so many months. And I do recognize that it was a slow decline into having absolutely no energy left inside of me come December. I think it probably all started maybe a year or two before this all hit me so hard. And I think I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and living my life in accordance to how other people wanted me to live it. And this is nobody's fault, but my own. I wouldn't even say it's my fault. It kind of just happened. But I was living my life in a way that we're told we have to, that we're told we're supposed to in order to be successful, in order to build a business and build upon my business and keep bringing my dreams to life and create this thriving brand and podcast and blog and books. And I had a clothing line that I closed down a year and a half ago. 
ish. So all these different things, I was just kind of living my life by what I saw out there, all the business books that I was reading, the podcasts I was listening to, the people I was talking to, the guidance that I got from my family and teachers that I've had and all these different things. I think the societal construct is to work hard, bury your head in the sand if you're not feeling it and just keep pushing and push yourself. Maybe take a break on the weekends. Maybe don't. Maybe take a break on vacation. Maybe don't. And people who work hard are the people who will find success. So I lived my life that way for many years. And At first, I believe when I started my business five years ago, it was easy for me to do that because I loved it so much. It didn't feel like work. And to this day, certain parts of what I do don't feel like work at all. So I can fall into this catch 22 of doing something that I love that doesn't feel like work, but also in the back of my mind, knowing that it is work. And when am I going to take a break? And when am I going to listen to my body? My body is crying out for rest, all this stuff. So I guess we should probably back up a little bit. I can already feel myself starting to ramble because I'm so passionate about this subject. But let's back up to a couple years ago, I was pushing myself really hard, starting to feel like I might need a little break and kind of pushing past it anyway. And Having this deeply intuitive sense about myself and my body, I knew that my hormones were off. I could tell in various different ways, partially because my skin broke out like crazy, especially in all the hormonal areas. So my more outspoken friends and family would tell me this is how bad it was, like, I'm worried about you emotionally because your skin is so bad and so inflamed that there's got to be something happening on the inside. And I would resist and I would say, this is hormonal. I have hormonal imbalances because I had an eating disorder and I used to be this raw vegan juice cleanse addict and now I have hormone issues. So I saw a bunch of different doctors at this time. I was on a lot of different supplements and I kind of just believed that it would pass and it would get better. And I could also sense that I had hormone issues because I couldn't sleep and I was gaining weight and couldn't lose it no matter what I possibly did, no matter how hard I worked out, no matter what I ate, how healthy it was. And my whole body was kind of just screaming out to me, imbalanced hormones. So that's tough to live with. It's not fun, but it was doable. I think a lot of people do it, especially women. And I saw that around me. So I kind of just kept living my life. And then in early December of last year, so 2017, Jonathan and I came to Bali and I completely fell in love with it here. I felt so inspired, so soul on fire. I felt like I needed to come here to heal but I couldn't even put my finger on what was going on and what I needed to heal from. And a huge part of me felt like 
no way, you absolutely cannot do that. Don't let yourself do that. That's crazy. You have a business to run. Who's going to do it if you don't do it? Who's going to do it if you go away? And you could go, but you're just going to work the whole time. So you might as well not go. And that's just a dream. That's just like a pipe dream. Nobody would actually do that. So that was the voice in my head that was talking me out of doing it. We came back to LA and keep in mind the whole time that we had been here, I had said to Jonathan, I'm coming here. I'm blocking out the month of April. I think I need this. I want to go write a book. I want to be inspired. I want to get away from everything that distracts me on a daily basis. And I want to gift this to myself. I want to be here and live like a local and kind of heal these hormone imbalances that I have and see what I can do for myself here. So Jonathan, being such a deeply supportive partner and person, basically heard me say that and was like, okay, then I'm going to hold you to that and you're going to do that. And so that excited me and scared me at the same time because I knew he would hold me to it. But in true Jordan fashion, I had to say it out loud about 650,000 times so that someone would hold me to it and I would hold myself accountable and so that it would actually happen. So we get back to Los Angeles. Lots of people saw noticeable shifts in my vibration and my mood and my health. And I had people tell me it looked like I lost 10 pounds, looked younger, and I hadn't lost a single pound. This was all vibrational energy. And I was just presenting myself differently. I was lighter. I felt happier. I just felt inspired and alive and awake in a way that I hadn't felt in a really long time. So I think this lasted for probably a couple weeks. And by the end of December, I think things just kind of started crumbling. And part part of this is because I am 27. I'm in my Saturn return. It's very clear to me. And if you don't know what a Saturn return is, basically it is when all of the planets are back in line with where they were when you were born. And whichever house Saturn sits in could determine what your Saturn return, which could last for a year or up to three years, is going to be like. And mine sits in Sagittarius, which is all about work and also has a lot of different elements of health. Oh, speaking of health, I just noticed that my leg is gushing blood because of this combo treatment that I did. But I'll tell you guys about that in a little bit. Hang on, I have to get something for my leg. Okay, got a little tissue to put on my combo burns. So anyway, the end of December started to get really rough because I was in my Saturn return My Saturn sits in the house of Sagittarius, which is all about work and has a little to do with health as well. So my health completely exploded. I was having to view my work in a different way for the first time in my adult life in a way that 
made me feel like I simply cannot push myself to the bone anymore. I don't think I can continue doing this for a living. If I keep living this way, this is freaking me out. What is happening? Everything around me is crumbling. I cannot handle it. Different things were happening. Like I had a close friend of mine had her sister pass away and this affected me so deeply. I had never even met her sister in my life, but this affected me in a way where I felt like life is so precious and watching my dear friend who was also my little sister in my sorority go through something like this and watching her family go through something like this puts life into so much perspective for me and I don't want to go on living my life in the way that I am right now because I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. And I feel extremely guilty about that because I've created this life based off of everything I love from writing and blogging, working with brands that I love, being immersed in wellness, teaching yoga, leading retreats, having this podcast. Why on earth am I so sick and why am I not feeling happy? So once my friend's sister passed away, I reached out to a bunch of different brands that I was working with at the end of December and probably in the most unprofessional move I have ever made in my career, but I don't care because personal life comes before professional life always. I just said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I have to back out of these contracts that we're in and I can't fulfill our partnerships. I'm taking some time off. I'm dealing with a lot and my health and someone near and dear to me has had a death in the family and I have so much on my heart right now. I just have to take time off. I have to spend the holidays with my family and I have to regroup. So luckily I work with a lot of really amazing, really understanding brands and really understanding people. And there wasn't any big issues with this. And I took the holidays off, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, came back to LA and just still didn't feel inspired. I still felt like I was completely drowning in everything that is my life, everything that I created. And my life, for those of you who don't, know what my day-to-day is like. It's different every day, but there's a lot of writing involved. There are a lot of photo shoots. There are a lot of meetings and phone meetings and podcast interviews and um, lots and lots of photos and editing. And every day is different. And not one of these things was filling my soul at all. And on January 1st, I woke up in a head-to-toe, full-body, blazing red, completely itchy, mountains and mountains of hives. And this was so terrifying for me because I'd been suffering from eczema for, well, A, from my whole entire life, but B, just pretty badly as an adult for the last six or seven months before, before January. And then when I woke up with full-body hives, I was just like, 
what the actual F is happening because I've been treating this eczema. I've been using these creams that that so many doctors have given me. I've tried to slow down my life. I went to Bali. I took time off. I eat so well. What's going on? And I thought the hives would go away. And every single day I woke up and they would get a little worse, a little worse, a little worse. And first days passed and then weeks started to pass. And I believe I started living in this state of denial where I would tell myself, this is just going to go away. This isn't that big of a deal. Maybe this is just really bad eczema, or maybe it's an allergic reaction that's going to go away pretty soon. And I would send my mom pictures and my sister and my brother-in-law and everybody in my family was freaking out. They're like, please go see a doctor. Please go get go get a cortisone shot. So I was very against this because all I wanted to do was heal holistically, heal naturally, but it was getting so bad couldn't sleep. It was affecting my relationship. It was affecting all of my relationships. It was affecting my work. So I decided to go to the emergency room, get a cortisone shot. And I thought that that would make it go away and it didn't. So I went to a dermatologist. He took one look at me and said, you have eczema. And I said, well, I don't think this is eczema actually because I have eczema under my arms and the rest of my body has this other kind of rash. I actually have like six different types of rashes. So if you would take a closer look, that would be helpful. And he just glanced at me and said, nope, this is eczema. And um, that's a story in itself because I didn't vibe with that doctor at all, but he gave me an eczema cream. Things got a little better, but it was barely making a dent. Um, the rash continued to keep me awake all night, every night to the point where I felt like I was completely losing my mind. And by the end of January, Jonathan said, I booked you a flight to Bali. You're going in April and this is where you're going to heal. So pretty much by the end of January, I looked ahead at my year and thought, okay, I have these two full months, February and March, to get everything in order, to work really hard, to record a ton of podcast interviews, to get a lot of partnership obligations done and dusted. And then I'm going to go to Bali and I'm going to take time off. So for those couple of months, life was really difficult because I couldn't do anything that I loved at all. I couldn't go to yoga because my skin was on fire and I could not go into a heated room. I tried to do yoga at home, but increasingly I just had less and less energy, less and less motivation. I would occasionally get myself to an orange theory class, but even then my skin would be so itchy the moment that I started sweating, I would have to leave. I would occasionally talk myself into going on a hike, but if it was warm outside, my skin would just get so bad and so itchy that I would have to just leave and go back to my car and drive home. So everything that I once loved that got me out of my head exercise wise was 
not an option during the first few months of this year. I got to the point where I didn't even really want to be around anybody because I was so itchy and miserable that I was worried I would just complain the whole time that I was with people or people would just continue to try to give me advice that I didn't want because I had already tried so many different things and everyone just wanted me to see a dermatologist and I had seen one and it didn't work out and I didn't feel like seeing another one to be honest because I just felt like everything that was happening inside of me was so spiritual and the level of spirituality that was taking place in my body that was causing these rashes was something that I had to just walk through and live through and listen to. So I started spending a lot of time meditating. Um, I had some amazing podcast guests on at that time who I learned a lot from, like Guru Jugget. And I started getting a ton of different facials because skincare was something that I could focus on now that I wasn't able to focus on exercise. I went on the full anti-inflammatory diet. I did everything a person could do when it comes to skin. But still, up until the day that I left for Bali, I looked like I had been strangled by someone because the rash around my neck was so bad. So taking a little break from talking about the rash, but now you guys understand what I was dealing with this year that led me to going on this trip that caused the extreme lethargy and depression in a way that I had pretty much never felt so intensely in my whole life. I flew here The journey here is intense. And for anyone who's flown to Indonesia from the United States, you know, it's not a straight shot. You stop somewhere. I stopped in Sydney. I thought that I would be able to explore Sydney because my layover was so long, but I didn't have an Australian visa for the day. So I had to stay at the airport. And I do believe everything happens for a reason and I had to stay at the airport because I was finally in a headspace where I could plan different aspects of my trip that I couldn't plan before because it just seemed like it wasn't even happening yet, my trip. So got to the Sydney airport, started doing all this research on a lot of different healing modalities that I wanted to do here. Um, different things that I wanted to see, different experiences that I wanted to have. So the first thing that I looked up was combo and that is K-A-M-B-O. So some people say cambo, some people say combo. My practitioner here in Bali calls it combo. So that's just what I'm calling it for now. Combo is a treatment that is the secretion of a frog, which is basically frog venom, is um, taken from a frog and they do this in a very humane way. Trust me, because I've gotten really, really into frogs and how magical they are, how healing they are, how special and kind of otherworldly that they are. So the place where my combo practitioner gets her secretions from, they do this in a really humane way. And um, that frog secretion holds this very powerful 
ancient shamanic type of medicine that is then applied to your skin. So they burn three little holes into your skin. For me, it ended up being six holes because apparently I think I have probably done combo a lot in previous lifetimes of mine. So I had a really high tolerance to it, which is crazy because I've never done it before in this lifetime. But I have six little combo burns and the medicine the secretion is applied to the skin where your skin has been burned and it goes into your bloodstream and basically makes its way all the way up to your heart and to your head and you start feeling your heart beating really fast. You can hear your heart beating through your ears and you eventually purge and you purge whatever it is that you need to get rid of. So toxins, but this could be emotional toxins. It could be heavy metals, anything that you've picked up in the environment. For me, I think it was a lot of environmental stuff, but also emotional stuff. And whatever you purge is exactly what you're meant to be releasing and getting rid of. So I found this combo practitioner when I was in the airport in Sydney. And luckily she got right back to me. Um, She practices here in Bali, right outside of Ubud, and her husband practices as well. They're both trained. They're in the official combo website. It was all very official. Um, I had a consultation with her when I got here, and I just trusted her so deeply. I actually asked her to come on this podcast, and she politely declined because she just has so much respect for the medicine And for the healing practice of combo, that she didn't want to come on and publicize herself and promote herself as a healer because she just believes that all of her clients who will come to her are meant to come to her by word of mouth. And she also doesn't want combo to become this hugely recognized thing in the media because apparently pharmaceutical companies are already trying to bottle it up and patent it and make it something that it's not. So she's trying to preserve its ancient healing medicinal wisdom, which I can really appreciate and respect. And I'm I'm also glad that she declined coming on the podcast because I asked her that on one of my first days here. And then I quickly got into this very relaxed mode where the last thing I felt like doing was interviewing someone. So I'm happy that I can talk about combo from my own personal experience, but not necessarily from interviewing a practitioner right now. But eventually at some point, hopefully I'll have an expert on if you guys want to learn more about combo. I'll get a little bit more into that in a minute. But first I'll just say Sydney Airport, I was there forever, researched and found a combo practitioner, booked myself a bunch of different healing treatments, massages, flower baths, body scrubs, facials, um, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, this amazing type of qigong, which is is just amazing. Um, Kind of like going to a chiropractor, but an energetic chiropractor. And I got my body realigned in the craziest way. 
I planned all of this out when I was at the airport. So I do believe everything happens for a reason and I wasn't supposed to explore Sydney that day. As bummed as I was to not be able to see Australia for the one and only time so far in my life that I've been there. Then after my long layover, I took a flight from Sydney to Bali. You land in Denpasar and Denpasar is about two hours from Ubud. So once I landed in Denpasar, drove here to Ubud, I had a driver pick me up, which was all pre-scheduled, pre-planned, which if you're planning on doing a solo journey like this to Indonesia, I would highly recommend booking a driver before you land just for safety and for comfort. And after traveling for upwards of 35 hours, you want to have someone who you know is picking you up and just have that one simple little comfort in life. And um, everything here, everything is ridiculously affordable. So I think driving from the airport to here was maybe the equivalent of $30, which in California, driving in a cab for two hours would be hundreds of dollars, most likely. So um 30 bucks later, I was at my villa that I booked and I'll save you guys the whole saga of booking this villa in advance and arriving in the middle of the night and realizing that I didn't like it and it wasn't what I thought I had booked and what I really wanted coming here to Bali was to have my own house and really feel like I lived here and not have to move around a bunch of different times because the last time we were here in Bali, we moved cities every couple days so that we could explore Indonesia and see everything. And we bounced from hotel to hotel, which was awesome. But this time I didn't want to do that. I didn't even want to have to get in the car. I just wanted to be living in a house in the center of town where I could walk everywhere and just feel like I live here. But I got to my villa and it wasn't so much of a villa at all. It didn't have a kitchen. It turns out it was in the center of town, but I didn't think that it was when I got here, when I was all hyped up on adrenaline and uh, anxiety perhaps from a 35-hour flight and my skin was so on fire that I thought I was going to have to go to an Indonesian hospital. So I was pretty upset with Airbnb for these photos, not really representing what I ended up getting to. But then again, like I said, at the Sydney airport, everything happens for a reason. And this was a big learning experience for me because I had booked all of this in advance without ever laying eyes on the property or getting a recommendation from someone who had stayed there. And that was my anxiety. So that was me at this very heightened state of anxiety. I don't want to get to Bali by myself and not have accommodations booked for the whole month. I just want to stay in one place. I don't want to have to move. I don't want to arrive and feel like I don't know where I'm staying. I don't want to get there and have a place to stay for a couple of days and then have to go and book something else and spend all this extra money because I'm booking accommodations at the last minute, blah, blah, blah. That was my whole 
internal monologue, but it turns out I did book ahead of time, didn't love it. That was all my anxiety speaking, all my anxiety that had tried to be so on top of everything. But sometimes these trips, these journeys, these adventures, they really are about being spontaneous and embracing spontaneity and living in the moment and going with the flow and trusting the universe, trusting that we will end up where we're supposed to be in its beautiful divine timing. And I had cast all that to the side. I neglected it all. I said, no, no, no. I want to be in control. I don't want to live in the flow. I don't want to be spontaneous. I just want to know where I'm staying the whole time that I'm in Bali. And from my first just couple of minutes here in Ubud, it was very obvious to me that my lesson was, Jordan, live in the flow and trust the divine timing of the universe. So I slept there. I woke up at probably like three in the morning because I was all jet lagged and confused and booked myself a bunch of different accommodations for the next few days. I'll just say the names of the hotel since I love them all. And if anybody's planning a trip here, then maybe you can get some inspiration. So I booked first the Bisma 8, which I came to directly from my villa that I didn't love. The Bisma 8 is a beautiful hotel right in the center of Ubud. It's a 20-minute walk to all the awesome restaurants and yoga studios and healing centers. There's massage places right outside of the hotel. There's so many different things to do. It's busy. It's safe. It's crowded. Um, I say crowded because I always like for people to be around because when you're walking around late at night by yourself as a woman in a different country, you want to know that there's lots and lots of people around so that if something were to happen, people can help. So Bisma 8, I highly recommend. I stayed there for two days after my first villa. And then I came back there for like 14 days at the end of my trip because I loved it so much. And I'm standing in the Bisma 8 right now as I record this episode. And from there, I went to the Yoga Barn, which is basically a whole healing center. I was lucky lucky enough the last time I was here to meet the owner, Charlie, and his wife, Donna, who is the founder of Satya Yoga Wear. She's so incredible. So I frantically emailed Donna and Charlie and I was like, "What? I don't like my place. I want to stay at the yoga barn. Where else should I go? And the yoga barn was able to accommodate me for a couple of days. So I stayed there. And the huge benefit of the yoga barn is that you have everything at your fingertips. So you have yoga classes, which happen all day at all different levels. There is a garden cafe with just the best vegan and vegetarian food you could ever imagine. There's a juice bar. There's a healing center where you can get Ayurvedic treatments. There's spiritual counselors, intuitives, um, everything that you could imagine. I ended up doing a cleanse there and seeing all different kinds of healers. So many awesome, amazing things. And the rooms are really nice for a yoga location. 
So that was really pleasant. And then I stayed at this amazing place in the rice fields called Trinity Gardens, which is just, I mean, if you're in Bali, go to Trinity Gardens. It's insane. I stayed in a house there called The Mansion, which is definitely big enough for like a 10-person family. And it was very comical because I was alone. And when I showed up, the staff there was completely flabbergasted and blown away that I was one person that booked this huge house for myself. But after my initial experience at the villa, I just wanted to make sure that I had a ton of space and space I had. It was so magical. Everything there is very contemporary. The houses are known as like houses slash showrooms. I'm not sure who comes through there or why as a showroom, but they're set up in the most beautiful way ever. I met the owner, Susanna, and she was so kind. She actually looks just like my yoga teacher, my yoga mentor from my teacher training, Gigi Snyder. And Susanna was so kind. She set up for me to have a little photo shoot there so I could take some pictures. And I just completely blissed out there. That's where I started getting insane intuitive messages and manifesting and just having this out-of-body experience in the rice fields. It's definitely way up there. It's like a 15 to 20 minute walk from the main street in Ubud up in the rice fields. And that might not sound like that long, but there are no street lights, no lights. So if it's nighttime and you're by yourself and you're walking in the silent rice fields in the pitch black, it can be a little scary. So I would just say... Keep that in mind if you stay there. And also, if you're a motorbike person and you ride scooters or motorbikes, that would have gotten me up there way faster. But I'm not a motorbike person. They terrify me. I don't even like to ride them with other people, let alone drive them myself. So if you're not alone, no big deal. But I was alone. And it's really safe. Bali's so safe. But still... It's dark, it's late, you never know, you never know. I always like to keep an eye out. And the beauty of all of that is is that it's truly in the center of the rice field. So the center of nature, it felt like just the center of the universe. It was so magical. And I believe I will be hosting a yoga retreat there next year in either April or May. So stay tuned for that. If you want to come on it and like book a spot early, send me an email, jordan at thebalanceblonde.com because I have a feeling this is just going to be magical and it will probably fill up fast. So those are the places that I stayed once I found my groove, once I left the villa that did not serve my heart or my soul or my highest purpose. And now I'll kind of just get into telling you guys what I did, what, I, what I've spent my days here doing in Bali. So first I needed to unwind and start to heal. So I saw a lot of healers at first and got a lot of massages, facials, all of that good stuff. But after seeing a couple of healers who kind of talked my ear off and sort of talked more about themselves than me or or more about themselves than even 
guiding me, that turned me off. And I believe that those healers came onto my path to remind me from the universe, from God, karma, whatever you want to call it, that I am my own healer. I'm my own greatest healer. And that was really, really powerful for me because I've been working with this with this mentality for a while now. I am my own healer. And as much as I love seeing healers and I will continue to do so, it's really important for me to remember that I personally can kind of heal myself. So not just kind of, but I can really heal myself and it's so powerful. So I saw a couple healers that I didn't love. If you're coming to Bali and you are seeing healers, I would happily give you recommendations on who to see and who not to see. I had one particular experience that turned me off so much. And I keep seeing this woman because she, I just keep seeing her around town. um, And she gives me like just these bad vibes. And it's probably the only time I've felt really bad vibes here. And I think it kind of came into my path yet again to show me, Jordan, you don't have to see all of these external people and ask them all these questions about your life because the answers are inside of you. So once I really realized after seeing her and having a laughable Reiki session, because it was not Reiki, in my opinion, it was like her talking about herself, I really started to feel like, all right, I can do this. I'm going to tap into my own power and I'm just going to heal myself. And that's when I started getting really direct messages from the universe. And I started channeling a lot, um, manifesting in these crazy ways. And that's something that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. So I, starting when I stayed in the rice fields, started channeling this teacher of mine, Miss LeMay, And please, if you're listening to this podcast and you went to Sacramento Country Day with me, you have got to reach out and let me know because I'm dying to tell people who who know her about this. But I had a teacher when I was in eighth grade named Miss LeMay, Lauren LeMay, and she changed the course of my life. She's literally the most beautiful soul I have ever met. She's brilliant. She had degrees from Harvard and Brown and Princeton. And she wound up teaching at my little school in Sacramento. It's a pre-K through 12th school. She taught every single grade over the course of her 38 years there. And she, oh gosh, I could seriously just, cry thinking about her, but she completely changed my life and so many other people's lives. She read us books out loud and she had these amazing voices for the characters. She read us To Kill a Mockingbird of Mice and Men, a separate piece and a book called I Am the Cheese. And all of those books completely changed my life. And she was the one who told me that I was destined to be a writer and that I was an amazing writer. And she really built up my confidence and pushed me really hard in a literary sense. And she wrote my acceptance letters for college and graduate school. And 
I've been searching through every email address I've ever had because I'm just dying to read what she wrote me. Um, but I can't find anything, which is maybe just a sign to let it go because it, it shouldn't even matter at this point because I know the connection I have to her. But she started, so she passed away um, this summer in July. I was in Portland and got a text from one of my best friends who I grew up with, a group text to a bunch of us. And it just brought me to my knees because she was young. I mean, she, at the, at the oldest, she was in her early sixties and she was set to be teaching like school was starting in just like a month or so and she was set to be the eighth grade teacher yet again at country day as she had been for so many years and she just suddenly passed away and it really 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 killed me um I just instantly felt so much sadness and regret for not sharing with her all of the ways in which she changed my life. I did dedicate or more like acknowledge her in my first book, but I mean, I didn't even get a chance to ever really speak with her about that in person. And the last time I saw her in person, she was so happy to see my best friend Katie and I that she cried and that really touched me and I cried. I think we both did, but we had no idea that it would be the last time that we saw her. No idea. And that was about a year and a half before she died. And I just never got a chance to tell her that she, everything I am today can be traced back to her and what I learned from her and the passion that she had for literature and for writing and for people and for creativity that really set the course of my life on a different path. My whole school did actually, which is, it was the best school in the whole world. I could, I should do a podcast episode on, on that one day, but instead of going on and on and on, I'll just tell you that she came to me. Uh, I started channeling her when I was here in the Bali rice fields. And it was the first time that I've connected with her, made a connection since she's passed. And I've made connections with other people who have passed away all at just totally random times. It's actually usually pretty much out of my control, which is why I would love to have some classes in mediumship because I can't always can't always steer the conversations that I have with people who have passed away or even kind of make them happen on my own. They usually just drop into my head really, 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 really suddenly and abruptly. And it's always when I'm really open, a really clear channel, a really clear open vessel. And that's what happened when I was in the rice fields. I was staring out at the blades of grass, just feeling so connected to my core and so connected to the soul of the earth and to the to the nature here. And um, she started talking to me and she told me so much 
she, because I had all these unexplainable things happening since I got here, like songs would drop into my head. Uh, One of them was I Am the Walrus, the Beatles, and then all of these other um, Broadway Broadway tunes. Um, And I've been really into Broadway. I love Broadway musicals, but I haven't thought that much about Broadway songs in a long time. And I started just like, blasting them. Ever since I've been here, they would just pop into my head from different Broadway shows like Rent, which was always my favorite, and Aida, which I've seen live a bunch of times but haven't thought of in years, and Kinky Boots and all these different shows that I had the privilege of seeing when I lived in New York and visited New York. Um, And also growing up near San Francisco, got to see a lot of a lot of traveling Broadway shows. And all of these songs just started popping up to me. And I would just think, why? Why is this happening since I've been here? And when Miss LeMay started channeling through me, she told me that she has been planting those seeds and that she wanted me to listen to those songs because they ignite a certain fire in my heart and they make me feel a certain way. And that's the the vibration that I'm supposed to be getting into in order to feel into this whole new world of poetry that I've started writing since I've been here. And okay, I cannot believe that we are 56 minutes into this episode and I'm just bringing up poetry. Clearly, I had a lot of things to talk to you guys about. I hope I hope that I've captivated you enough thus far that, that you're with me at this point. Um, so she said to me that these this Broadway music, first of all, that a lot of it was channeled and whoever writes such beautiful music with such insanely amazing lyrics is channeling from a higher place to begin with. And that because of the really high vibration of those songs, it gets me into this vibrational energy of like this pure happiness pure contentedment that is something that I need in order to speak the language of my soul, to express the language of my soul. And I've struggled for years now, years with getting into the headspace to write my second book because I just have not known, like all I care about you guys in this whole world is writing and expressing myself through writing. And I do love this podcast and you guys and everything, but what really feeds my soul, why I started a blog in the first place is writing and expressing myself. And I find ways to express myself in speaking like on this podcast, but but what really feeds me and nourishes me is my writing. And I've had this block where it's like, what's my subject? Should I write wellness books? Because that's my blog topic. That's my subject. That's my thing. That's my brand. That's my career. That's what pays my bills. Or should I write fiction? Which is like, obviously a full-time job and what would happen to my business and or should I write this or that? And here in Bali, I haven't even had to think about it. It's just poetry. Poetry has been coming flooding out of me. And I came here with the intention to write a book. 
And I didn't know if it would be a memoir or a fiction story, a novel. I didn't know what it would be, but I was open to whatever the universe wanted to create through me. And instantly here, it was very obvious to me that what I was going to be creating was poetry. So that's what I have been doing. And like different paragraphs, lines, things have been flowing out of me with wild abandon. And and I wasn't even sure where it was all coming from. And as I was channeling my teacher, Miss LeMay, she was telling me that this is my purpose. This is my soul's purpose. And I have not gotten quiet enough in a long time to hear that. And it was really funny. And anyone who knew me in middle school or high school can attest to this. She said, Jordan Younger, this is what she said when I was channeling her, Jordan Younger, put down your phone. And this is funny because all the way back to middle school when cell phones and texting were kind of like a brand new novelty, I was addicted to my phone and I would always get in trouble from my teachers, always. It was this huge joke at country day that I was always on this little lime green flip phone and she never pays attention and oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. So she said, as I was channeling her, Jordan Younger, put down your phone, but that was a larger metaphor for like the technology addiction is swallowing you alive and it's keeping you from creating your truest form of expression, this poetry, whatever writing wants to flow through you, which is how you feel, your feelings, which is how you heal. And it was brought to my attention by her and also just by my own soul that I have a lot of things that I have not worked through because I haven't been able to work through them, not even in therapy, not even on retreats, not even in all this healing stuff that I do because the way that I work through things is that I write and I haven't been able to write through some relationships that I've been in where I feel felt completely unseen relationships with someone who basically, as I've talked about on one solo episode, um, in many ways, their soul died. It's not here anymore. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever dealt with in my whole life. There's so many things that I just didn't work through. And I've been writing about them since I've been here in poetry. And it's this crazy form of like, memoir style poetry. It's my journey. It's my healing journey. It's kind of my life wrapped up into these poems. And it's been so healing and so enjoyable and such a fun way to express myself. And it's just, that's the word for it is that it's so fun that it feels like nothing but keeping me completely in the flow. I've been able to just flow, connect to the divine source of earth energy and let it flow through me. And there's nothing more fun than that in the whole world. So that's been really exciting. Another thing that Miss LeMay has said to me is that, did I ever think that she would let me not become a literary great, basically, which is very humbling and exciting and who knows what will ever happen. But I'm not concerned with the outcome. I just think it's kind of funny and cute that that's what she's saying to me. She really believes in me and 
if what I'm saying sounds so crazy to you because maybe you haven't channeled and you don't believe that people can channel, just just know that I am open to whatever you believe, whatever you want to believe, whatever feeds your soul. But my mind has been opened over the last couple of years and I've started channeling myself and it's been just so amazing and so healing. So connecting with her has been above and beyond one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me in my life, on this trip, etc. Moving on from the whole channeling thing, I'll tell you some other really awesome things that have happened on this trip, how I've started manifesting, some tips that I have for you guys to manifest. And before I do, I just want to thank our second sponsor for today's episode, Thrive Market. So I have to tell you, I've really, really missed Thrive Market ever since I've been here in Bali because I order everything on Thrive. And it's been a huge bummer to not have access to everything that I love and want at my fingertips since I've been traveling. But I guess that is the way it goes when you're 35 hours away from home. Um, But Thrive Market, first I'll tell you guys that you can get $60 worth of free groceries by using the link thrivemarket.com slash blonde. That is thrivemarket.com slash B-L-O-N-D-E. And $60 worth of free groceries is one of the most amazing offers I've ever been able to give on this podcast. And if you have not taken advantage yet, you should. And I was thinking about this when I was walking around Ubud because I've been listening to so many different podcasts and a lot of them give really great offers for the products that they love. And I listen and I don't usually act on them. I'm one of those people who listens and doesn't act, even though I think that, oh, that's awesome. I could get free whatever from this podcast. Well, if you are a listener of this podcast and you don't generally act on things because you listen to podcasts on the go, maybe this is just your sign from the universe coming from me that today's the day that you should give it a try because who doesn't want $60 worth of product that's completely free coming straight to your door. So a couple different things that you can get on Thrive Market that I particularly love are skincare. My friend Priscilla's line, Coco Kind Skincare, which you might see all over Instagram with different face masks, chlorophyll masks, rose water toners, cleansers that are completely oil-based. So many good things. You can get Coco Kind Skincare on Thrive Market. You can also get different types of cooking oils, Um, sprayable coconut oil, avocado oil. You can get ghee, which is something that I use all the time when I'm home. It's one of the only non-vegan things that I use because I love ghee so much because I'm so into the Ayurvedic life and I use it when I make kitchari and also when I saute vegetables and when I roast vegetables in the oven, I use Fourth and Heart Ghee, which you can find on thrivemarket.com. 
I also buy a lot of my essential oils, which I have brought with me on this trip because they're travel sized. And Thrive Market has a lot of their own branded stuff as well. So you can find lots of really, really awesome Thrive Market brand stuff. You can shop by category. You can shop by lifestyle. So for example, I usually shop by vegan just because that makes things easy and rules out a lot of things that I don't eat or don't use. But whatever your lifestyle is, you can shop by that category. And even beyond the $60 worth of free groceries, they everything on Thrive Market is between 25 and 50% off from where you would find it on other retailers just simply because they go straight to the brand instead of having a middleman. So Thrive is awesome. Check them out, thrivemarket.com slash blonde to get your $60 worth of free groceries. Do it for me, guys, because I'm not in the United States right now, so I can't do it. So you should do it and then send me pictures and tell me how awesome it is because it is. You're going to love it. So back to what I've manifested here in Bali since I've been here. One big thing is I've been trying to get a hold of the medical medium, Anthony William, one of my huge inspirations in this life, um, especially since I started experiencing head-to-toe eczema and hives because he is a miracle worker when it comes to skin conditions. And I've been contacting him. I've had my agent contact his agent. I've pulled all of the cards in the book and just haven't had very much luck getting in touch with him because he's a busy guy and he's a wanted guy and I totally get it. And I just wanted to be one of those lucky few who could get a session with him and also have him on this podcast. So I've been trying really hard to just manifest him in my life. And I've sent him so many messages and he's always been kind enough to respond with like a heart, um, but not really with like conversation. Like, oh yeah, I'll come on your podcast because he's a busy guy. But this week, just a couple days ago, he out of nowhere sent me a message asking for my phone number and um, said that he wanted to talk. So we have been texting and I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to have him on the podcast so you guys will hear. And hopefully before that or during that, I will get some answers to the root of my skin condition. So that's one thing that I manifested. And I believe that where we put our energy, that is when abundance flows. So where attention goes, energy flows. And I was putting a lot of attention into wanting to connect with Anthony, not in a stalker creepy kind of way, or maybe, (laughs) but more in a like, he has a lot of answers that I want. And I'm trying to minimize the healers that I'm seeing right now, because I truly believe and know that I am my own healer. And when you're your own healer, you know that there are a couple people you can keep in your arsenal on your path who will really help you. And I've just known in my heart and soul that he's one of those people. So somehow giving all that energetic and vibrational attention to him, he landed in my aura 
and we'll be talking. So I'm excited for that. Um, I also have been dying to talk to Marianne DeMarco, who's been on this podcast before and just kind of talk to her about the um, channeling that I've been doing with my teacher, Ms. LeMay, um, so that Marianne can give me some guidance on how to continue that conversation and even just some reassurance that it's really, really, truly happening. Um, Because as a very early stages intuitive medium, um, it's easy to doubt yourself. So I'm trying to just rid myself of that doubt. So I'm also talking to Marianne this week and I'm very excited about that. I mean, the hugest thing that I've wanted to manifest here is healing, healing my body. And I don't even know what it is, you guys, but after being here for only like three or four days, my rashes started going away. And I don't know if that means I was just living such a high stress life before I got here and my body could finally take a breath when I arrived, that the rashes started going down. But I think it's more of an energetic thing. And I think energetically at home, I was waiting for this trip, waiting for this trip, waiting for this trip. And then I got here and my whole body could sigh and let it all go. My blood vessels were very constricted. I I know that before, before I left, that's a really big part of why my skin was reacting the way that it was. And I think my blood vessels could finally flow again. So people have been asking me all over social media, how are you healing your skin? And I want to be able to give people concrete advice about how to do that, but I'm still figuring it out because mine could very easily flare back up when I get back. But so far, I'm eating vegan, pretty much raw vegan in a very anti-inflammatory fashion. I've done a lot of detoxing here. I've done a lot of treatments and I know that that's not the answer for everybody. And I know that a lot of people don't have access to those things. So I'm trying to really figure out still the root of the issue so that I can heal the root and that I can help other people heal the root. So I did want to manifest healing and I do believe I'm very much on a path of healing here and that feels really good and really positive. I wanted to manifest more happiness and living in the moment because that was something that I was lacking at home. Like I said, I fell into a bit of a depression before I came here because I couldn't do any of the things that I loved to do. I was feeling really run down. I was literally too exhausted to drive to Jonathan's house in West Hollywood from Brentwood, which is like a 30-minute drive. And I'm lucky enough to have a partner who recognized what I was going through and came to me so that we could be together and stayed with me almost every single night leading up to when I left. Um, But I felt awful because I want to be in a relationship that is equal energetically with give and take. And I like to give, I like to reciprocate the love that's given to me. And 
I was doing that in all the ways that I could, but I literally could not get up the energy to even go to West Hollywood to go to his house. I think I stayed there like at the most once a week, maybe once every two weeks for this whole year. And I mean, for the whole year of 2018. And that means he's making the effort. He's making the drive, you know, 95% of the time. And that's not equal. And um, what I really wanted to manifest here was my energy back. And I know that energy comes from a deep life force happiness. And I didn't feel my life force. And that was freaking me out. So here, I think I've been able to manifest that feeling back, that feeling of this just life force energy, which really does flow in the form of happiness when I'm living in the moment and when I can quiet my mind enough to see what's really important. And yes, I was physically very sick before I got here. That plays a really big role. But being able to manifest this energetic life force, which is called prana in yoga, to manifest my prana back, no matter being physically sick, physically healthy, whatever it is, I think you can always access your prana. And I didn't have that flow before I left. So I feel like I've manifested that flow back. And tips that I would have for doing that are simply to quiet your mind, to meditate, to journal, whatever it is that really gets you in touch with your soul and who you are on a very high vibrational level. And just ask yourself, what's important to you? Like if nothing else in life mattered or existed, what is the one thing that you would want to take with you? And for me, the answer is happiness. Like the one thing that's, all it comes down to. I just want to enjoy life and be happy. And everything else stems from there. Passion, love, connection, community, family, creativity, work. But without happiness, for me, I can't have any of that. So I had to let my walls down and just really find out and ask myself, where's my well? Where's my life force well? Um, And my well was empty. So I had to refill my well with things that make me happy. And that's what I did when I got here from writing to yoga to walking all around the city and being in the sun and seeing people smiling and experiencing the nature and taking in all of the colors and connecting with butterflies and the monkeys and the dragonflies and the cats. Like there are so many stray cats here and dogs and just like literally looking those animals in the eyes and seeing their souls and appreciating them for what they bring to this planet. And then really seeing in their eyes that they're not different from me. Like these stray starving cats on the street, they're not different from me. They're not different from you. They're not different from Hudson, my very spoiled and healthy and plump cat at home. I mean, we are all connected. And I think I just, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget that when you live in Los Angeles and you're suffering from your own hormone and health issues and 
kind of caught up in your own loop of life in your mind, it's really easy to forget that we are all one. We all have this divine connection to the earth and to animals and to the universe. And when I took all that in and started to embrace it again and really even just be aware of it again, I started becoming happier. And with that happiness, I've found my flow again. I've found my ability to manifest. I've found my creativity, my writing. I've found so many synchronicities. Like before I did the combo treatment that I was telling you guys about, Janine, my practitioner, she told me that I would start seeing frogs everywhere. And I, I mean, I'm a very woo-woo person, but even I was like, I doubt it because I haven't seen frogs at all since I've been here and I have, I never see frogs. Like that would just be weird. Um, But because combo is the healing treatment of the frog, she said, no, trust me. Like if this is your path and it is because you're here and you found me and you're doing this treatment, then the frog energy will come out to just kind of show you that you're on the right path. And um, two nights before my treatment with her, I was at the yoga barn walking to my room and there was just this little pond inside of a um, big pot outside of my room. And I could hear this frog croaking and kind of like singing its song to all the other frogs and another pond in another pot. So it was pitch black outside. I turned my phone on. I shined my flashlight shown my flashlight um, into this little pond. And I felt bad because I didn't want to scare this miniature tree frog, but um, I did believe that it was there for a higher shamanic purpose. So I didn't think it would be that scared. And I shone my light onto this frog and saw this beautiful, tiny, extremely cute creature just singing. And like its lungs were just filled with with air and love and the way that it was kind of croaking to all of its other frogs like that just made me feel so connected, so on the right path, so in alignment with synchronicities. And you guys know I love a good synchronicity. So the frog thing was huge. And then 201, my number, my number that I see everywhere. And if you don't, if you haven't heard me talk about 201, you can type it into my blog. 201 on the balancebond.com because you'll you can read about it, read my story with how this number has followed me for close to eight years now. And or maybe I've followed the number. I don't really know which way it goes. But um outside of my house, my villa at Trinity Gardens in the rice fields that I was telling you guys about was carved into the ground 201. Well, actually, it said Bali 201. And that was crazy. I just felt like, man, I'm on the right path. I looked down at it and then I looked up and butterflies were dancing in front of my face. And I just felt, I just laughed out loud. Like, okay, this is what life is about. I'm here. I'm open to the universe. This is this is what I've been missing. This I've been missing this connection. And I I get the number synchronicity all the time. Like in LA, I can see license plates that say 201 for days on end because I asked the universe to show it to me. But here, like 
mixed with the nature, mixed with the animals, mixed with just the happiness that I've been feeling, mixed with my skin being more clear, mixed with the energy that I feel. It's all just happening. And I feel like this is what life is all about. Another thing that I have manifested here that I really, really, really wanted to was more clarity about my work because I started feeling really just resentful of all of my brand partnerships before I came here. Not really the brand partnerships for the podcast because I like talking about the brands, but more like the things that involved really high quality photo shoots and lots of editing on the brand's end to the point where I felt like my own voice wasn't always heard. And I felt like, I just felt like every single partnership I did was like me climbing a never ending mountain and not having the energy to even take one step up the mountain, but having to climb the whole thing anyway in the freezing cold, in really high altitude. That's how it felt. And like I had mentioned, I had no energy to even drive to my boyfriend's house to be with the love of my life, let alone kind of muster up the energy to do things for other brands. When what I really care about and love is building my own brand, connecting with you guys, and sharing content that comes from my heart. So feeling this resentment toward a lot of my partnerships started to feel just, it made me feel like shit because this is my living. This is my career. And I feel, I do feel on a deep level, so grateful for the opportunities that it affords me. So for example, if I didn't work with brands on my blog, then I would not have been able to come on this trip. And I had to work for five years to be able to come on this trip, to be able to leave my life behind really step away from work, do a lot of extra stuff before I came so that I could just chill and just be and just heal. I'm so grateful for the abundance that being a blogger has brought to me um, to be able to work with brands that so kindly fund my lifestyle and pay my bills. So I've kind of found this new appreciation since I've been here and since I've taken such a real break to feel like, okay, I love what I do. Like I do see myself moving in a new direction where I focus on poetry and fiction and books and just kind of like spilling my soul to the world because I feel like that's part of what I'm here to do. And hopefully spilling my soul can inspire you to get in touch with yours and spill yours also. I do feel that I'm moving in that direction, but I also feel like, okay, I do have like this businesswoman hustler inside of me and she is getting her mojo back, getting my energy back. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts since I've been here. I've had my rotation of my favorites and I kind of rotate from like the spiritual very similar to this type of podcast, podcast, like Sheena Manina's podcast and Jess Lively's podcast versus like pure entertainment. I've, I listen a lot to Stassi Schroeder's podcast and that's fun too, because I do think it's so important to just be entertained and check out sometimes and laugh and hear relatable girl talk conversation. 
And then I've been listening a lot to The Skinny Confidential, Lauren and Michael, who are good friends of mine. And Lauren, I would say, is like the definition of a hustler blogger because she just works so hard. She builds the shit out of her own brand. She also represents lots of on-brand other brands. And she's kind of listening to that podcast since I've been here has really reignited something in me to continue doing that. And I do love finding creative ways to share brands that I love with you guys. So for example, doing this huge campaign right now with Seed Phytonutrients, which is this like shampoo and conditioner and body care line. By the way, this is not a sponsored conversation right now, but just telling you guys, I love them. They come from a farm and they're all about sustainable farming and local and everybody who works there is incredibly nice and they want to do this really, really fun campaign with me and even with you guys. Like I won't say too much about it yet, but um, it could potentially like bring me together with with some of you guys listening in person to do really cool stuff. I'm so grateful for that. And before I came on this trip, I literally had no energy to make it happen. I almost said no. I almost said no to that. I'm like, no, I'm I'm physically ill and I'm taking a break from work. That's how I felt before this trip. And now I feel like, okay, I have my mojo back. I want to do that. Like I'm excited to get back and get in my flow and have those really creative, just go, go, go work days. But I also know like for my own creativity and slowing down and everything that I've learned here, I can't have too many of those days in a row maybe like once a week, like have that hustle day where I photograph for brands. I have meetings. I hop on the phone with potential brands and partners, do all that stuff, have a lot of fun doing it and keep it fun. Keep it in the flow. And then the next day, maybe I go on a hike and write poetry. Like that's what I look forward to when I return is reincorporating all these exciting in the flow things that keep me happy into my current life and then finding a way to be really happy in my current life because I don't want to walk away from the brand that I've built from my blog. I also don't want to work away, walk away from working with brands that I absolutely love that absolutely fuel me. So I just want to find a way to be happier doing it in a way that doesn't burn me out. So kind of bringing the conversation full circle to where I started by telling you that I was living my life in this way that did not serve me, that did not serve my particular personality or human design, which is a reflector, by the way. And you can listen to my episode with Jenna Zoe, human design chart reader, to learn about that. I wasn't living by my personality, basically. I was living by what other people have told me forms the definition of success. And that burned me out, made me sick, made my rash explode. My body started speaking to me, which I'm so grateful for. The rash, for the hives, for the eczema, because that was my body telling me, Jordan, time to slow down. You've got to change the way that you live your life. So I listened and... I plan to go back to Los Angeles, back to my life and live life differently, live life for me and 
my hope for everybody listening is that you can give yourself the freedom to live the kind of life that serves you and serves your heart and soul. And for me, like some days, it's enough to stay in my pajamas all day and watch Vanderpump Rules and talk to my mom on the phone and Postmates Cafe Gratitude vegan nachos. Sometimes that is enough. Sometimes that is what my soul needs. And that is okay. And maybe the next day I hustle and get a lot of shit done and feel like a total boss. And I think for me, it's going to be really important to come back and have that duality because happiness is our birthright. Healing is our birthright. And like I said, in the conversation abundance goes where our attention flows and I want to flow all of my attention into me and living life by my accordance, by my design and working and living my life and having that duality, having both. It's really important. So I want to just do a couple things before I wrap up this episode. For one, I want to answer some of the questions that you guys left on my podcast Instagram. So I'm anxiously trying to get a little bit of better service on my phone right now. And then the second thing that I want to do is read you one of the poems that I wrote here because I thought it would be really fun and you guys would be the very first to hear it. So it would be really special. Um, Okay, so it's loading, it's loading. Here's a question Um, I'm probably just going to ask like five questions and I'm going to do another Bali recap solo episode or maybe I can convince Jonathan to come on and interview me about my trip. So you guys can also send in questions for that. So if I didn't get to your question, I'm going to try to get to it next time and you can still ask questions by commenting them on the TBB podcast, Instagram, whatever the latest photo is. So here's a question from Rach ZC, which is Rachel Cranston. Can you try to manifest things for other people? I mean, in my opinion, it depends on what it is. I think if it involves you heavily, then yes. But I mean, it's all about what's going on with that other person's energy. So if they're blocked off to it, if they're not open to their creative flow with the universe, then no, I don't think you can manifest things for other people. I mean, say for me in my relationship, if I wanted to manifest more closeness, more intimacy, more magic in our intimacy with Jonathan, like I could only manifest that from my end. And I mean, for me, I have a partner who is so open to the universe and creative flow and open to me and what I share and what I tell him I need. So in a way, I think we could manifest that together, but I couldn't manifest it for him, if that makes sense. So I would focus, Rachel, on manifesting for yourself and then inspiring the people around you to become in greater, closer touch with themselves. And then you can work on manifesting together. 
Um, or just being really open and sharing what you need. So if you're wanting to manifest something for someone that you love and care about, I would just recommend inspiring them to manifest it themselves by having a really open conversation. So, okay, let's see here. This is from Vital Treasures. Carrie, hello, my love. Um, Okay, so she says... I know there are different approaches to manifesting from different teachers, but what about those days when you're just in it? The darkness, the sadness, the doubt, the frustration of life or body or whatever is happening. Besides massive amounts of grace for yourself in those moments, how do I stay aligned with manifesting my heart's desires? Oh, I love this question because I think this really lines up with like how I felt before I came on this trip. And I recognize I will still have those days because I don't think one trip can change your whole life. I think it can just really shift your perspective. But if you're having a bad day where you're feeling all that darkness and sadness, my advice would be just take the pressure off of yourself. Not every day has to be perfect. Not every day has to be full of manifestations and making shit happen and connecting with the medical medium. If you're me, because that's what I wanted. Writing a book, that's something else I wanted. I mean, I've had days here in Bali where I have not written one single poem, have had no inspiration for fiction, nothing. And that's okay. I've had days where I was up all night with insomnia and all I felt like doing was laying in bed and watching Vanderpump Rules. And I think the key here is not feeling guilty and not beating myself up for like, oh my gosh, I'm in Bali. I should be going on a waterfall hike. I should be connecting with healers. I should be, you know, doing all the things that I can't do at home. But I didn't put that pressure on myself because we do have those days where we just aren't meant to completely do the whole manifesting thing. And I don't know, maybe other spiritual teachers would say differently. And I do think there's something to be said for trying to get into a higher vibrational headspace. So I kind of like do some kundalini, whip my hair back and forth, do some breath work. And if that doesn't work, and if journaling doesn't work, and reading doesn't work, then I just take the pressure off because there's always going to be another day. There's always going to be a brighter day and maybe you just need rest or maybe you just need your favorite food or a conversation with your mom or your husband. And that's okay if that's all that you need. Though There are always going to be days like that. And I think that affording ourselves those days makes the brighter, higher vibrational days that much more powerful. So that's been my experience here. Allison Porter asks, what has your diet been like? Do you feel that when you are where you need to be, disconnected, that diet and stress don't matter? Yeah, I mean, in a way I do feel like because I am where I'm meant to be right now and I'm living in the flow and feeling so good that I can probably be eating pretty much anything and feel better than usual. But then again, I've put a really big emphasis here on what I'm eating because my main intention for this trip has been to heal. So I did set an intention before I came here that I was going to eat 
all plant-based and as close to raw as possible because it's so easy to eat raw in Bali and everything's really fresh and local and made with love. Um, So that was my personal intention. So I've been eating mostly raw, but I have been listening to my body. My body tends to want cooked food at night. So I will have like a smoothie in the morning that has a lot of different fruits in it. I'll have lots of juices, lots of nutrient-dense green juices, um, salads that have been full of just all the leafy greens and delicious dressings. Um, There's so many raw cafes here. It blows my mind. And then at dinner, I'll usually have some cooked vegetables. I've been eating a ton of French fries because I've just been listening to my body and giving it what it's asking for. And I've been really hungry for sodium and salt the whole time that I've been here. I think it's because when I did the combo treatment, it kind of strips you of your electrolytes. So I've just been all about the salt. And um, yeah, I mean, I have had very few gut health issues, very few stomach aches. And for me, that's saying a lot. I had one night where I felt awful and it was really sad because I went to this cafe called Seeds of Life and it's a raw restaurant. It's so cute. The food is just amazing. And I had the most innovative dish that I was seriously ready to recreate and try to take home to the United States and like build a restaurant around because it was so good. It was a completely raw gnocchi and um, it was made from cauliflower and herbs and spices and spirulina and the noni fruit and like all this other stuff. And um, somehow it did not agree with me. And I was up all night and I felt so sick. And um, I dedicated myself the next day to a juice cleanse um, because I just felt like my body needed a break from digesting like all of that rawness that didn't work. So that was the one time that my stomach really acted up here. But I will say I've been drinking coffee here and I had been off of coffee since before I came here. And my body has been like so much more adaptive and happy with it here. And I think that's just because I'm happier. So that's a big deal. Um, For those people who have listened to my podcast with Frank Littman, who told me to stop being vegan, I did listen to his advice for a couple weeks. I was eating fish and eggs before I left for Bali and I was actually feeling sicker than ever. And, um, I don't think that's Frank's fault at all or Frank's advice. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I just think that I was in a physical space that needed to listen to my body and be my own healer. And I've seen a lot of doctors, a lot of functional medicine doctors. I've been on so many different regimes over the last couple of years. And my body was just like, dude, listen to me, listen to only me. Um, so I've been listening to myself and my myself was telling me just be plant-based right now. So I cut the eggs, the fish back out and I immediately started feeling really good again. So I think that's just an important note that we're all different and like we could literally talk to the most brilliant doctor in the world 
like I did with Frank, um, because he's up there as one of the most brilliant and well-known. And we could still listen to ourselves above all else. And I have been taking a lot of the supplements that Frank prescribed me and those have been helping. So it just depends on where you are in your journey. All of that. Let's see here. Um, Someone asks, Paula Rojas. Ooh, she's a vegan chef. That's so awesome. Oh, and she's a Kundalini teacher and Reiki level three. Um, I'm learning this all from her Instagram. She asked, did I ever feel doubt about making this decision to leave? Yes. So I wrote about this in my blog post on thebalancedblonde.com. You can just look for one of my most recent posts. Um, It's called Bali Thus Far. And um, I felt extreme doubt before I came. I was asking myself, why am I doing this? Why am I leaving this amazing life behind with my amazing love of my life? My cat, who's the other love of my life. All of my friends, my family was in town. When I laughed, like, this is so scary. Why am I leaving for so long? Why am I not working? Like, this is a horrible idea. What if I lose all of my partnerships and my followers? And I mean, the self-doubt really, 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 really kicked in. And I just had to push past it. And it kind of went away right when I got here because I was meant to be here. So the doubt, I believe that I experienced all of that doubt just to kind of make this experience even sweeter, just to know like you can push past the fears. They're always going to be there. There's going to be fears with everything we do, but we are stronger than those fears. Okay, so I'm just going to do one more from one of you guys. Okay, this is from Nicole Malinus. Uh, She's awesome. We've been emailing. She asks, what called me to take this trip? My soul and my boyfriend, thankfully, listened to my soul more than I did. And he was like, you're going on this trip. You said you were going to, so you are. And it was just this feeling deep inside of me that when I was in Bali, I felt more connected to myself than I ever had in my whole life. And I felt like I have to come back here and I have to come alone. And like what guided me to do that was just deep inside of me and everything just flowed. Like my April was completely open because I kept it completely open, but it stayed that way. And my health exploded and it became even more obvious that I needed to take a break. And here I am. That's kind of what happened. And I know it's not, it's not that detailed of an answer, but I just knew that I had to be here. And I'm so glad that I came because it just felt so right. And it was so right. So there's a lot of other things I want to tell you guys about in regards to Bali, like all of the vegan cafes that I've become obsessed with, channeling that's happened to me while I've been getting massages, becoming grateful for everything in my life, yoga being a huge part of my life again, like sights to see in Bali and everything else. But we're going to save that for another day. And I'm just going to read you guys one of the poems that I wrote and then we're going to wrap it up. So I haven't even decided which one I'm going to read to you yet. Let's see here. Okay, I'm just going to read you a short one. 
And I've kind of put like all my poems together in the form that I want them to read when this becomes a book. So I'm very excited. And I just scrolled to the middle of all of that to read you this short one. She moves with grace. Her warm embrace sets the kind of fire to your soul that makes little sense, but runs so far beneath the surface that sense doesn't quite matter. So there it is. It doesn't have a name yet, but that just flowed out of me. A lot of them have flowed out of me while I've been walking. So I just type them into my phone and yeah, that one's special to me and they all are. So I'm so excited to share more. And I just want to thank you for listening to this. It's kind of just unbelievable to me that I get to spill my soul and that many of you are still here listening. So thank you. I can't wait to further talk about how the rest of this Bali trip goes. I still have a week here um, after recording this. So more will happen. There will be more to discuss and there is more to discuss already. I want to keep answering your questions. So let me know what they are. And I just want to remind you that if you feel like this podcast has added value to your life, it would be amazing for me if you would consider taking the time to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. And if you do, I have a blogging tips and tricks document that I send out to everybody who rates and reviews the podcast. So you're guaranteed to get that if you leave a rating and review. It's not just a giveaway or whatever for a couple people. It's for everybody. So email me, jordan at thebalancedblonde.com if you have felt inspired to rate and review the podcast. And I will thank you personally and send you the blogging tips and tricks document that is for anybody. You don't really have to want to be a blogger full-time to to check out this document. It's kind of for anybody who wants to build a creative business and build a website. So I hope that you get value from that. I hope that you receive value from this episode. I know I rambled on and on and on and there are things I wanted to go into more detail about like the combo treatment and traveling alone as a woman. Um, So there will just have to be another episode, but I just went with this where my soul took me to and this is what came out. I love you guys so much. Thank you. That's what I keep coming to. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting me. And we'll talk soon. Have an amazing and inspired day. I hope it all flows and I know it will.